0: Welcome to Multiclass Theater and the Goblet of Fire. Multiclass Theater uses a D20 role-playing system to determine the outcome of events. All our narration, dialogue, and decisions are made by us, the players, because we don't need AI to generate our content. The episode will contain adult language, gratuitous pop culture references, and fantasy violence. But if those don't bother you, please settle in and enjoy the show. Last time... Our heroes at long last reached the Crater Lake headquarters of the Order of Chaos. On foot, because who needs eagles to get to a volcano? Although the vista was idyllic, the reality was anything but, as the Order was being actively sacked by fire newts. Or salamanders. Or whatever else we end up calling them. The creatures fled, taking with them the Library of Drellatar the possible repository of knowledge capable of restoring the seals protecting the Heart of Tear. How could they make off with the whole library? Because it seems Drellitar sealed her knowledge in a demiplane accessible through a medallion. Yes, it's your classic Cave Dwellers stole the shiny object scenario. Now our heroes must venture into the heart of the Salamander's Volcano Lair on Multiclass Theatre.
1: Although the group of you are eager to get underway after the necklace, after the newts, you decide it's prudent to wait, to rest, to prepare before storming off into who knows what. One of the initiates of the Order of Chaos takes you upstairs, shows you some chambers where you can stay and rest. While you do so, they are busy cleaning up after the attack, moving their wounded to more hospitable quarters and cleaning up and caring for their dead. When you awake the next morning, the Order of Chaos is quiet, empty, mournful. You descend the stairs to the first floor, searching for people somewhere. And eventually you find them in the great dining hall, where the brothers and sisters of the Order Order of Chaos eat in silence. There's breakfast prepared. It is nothing fancy, but it should sustain you for whatever lies on the road ahead. You find a table in the back to yourselves, away from the others, not wanting to intrude on their grief over the loss of so many of the Order. You do not see Alfie Rowe. There is a chair at the head of the dining hall, which remains empty. And other than the silence, things seem fairly normal. As the four of you sit there, eating, you notice that Buck and Winley have not joined you.
2: I notice that Buck and Winley have not joined us.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I, too, was counting the number of uh, adventurers here, and it's short.
1: All of a sudden, next to you, Debbie, on the bench, Tingles appears. Ah. I mean, if you want, I can, you know, I can, I guess I can be Winley. Oh, look at my eye. Isn't it scary?
3: You're not tall enough to be Winley.
1: I'm not mean enough, either.
3: No offense, but if... If you're hanging around too much, uh... Roz is gonna get, uh... Hmm, aggressive. D- you totally don't, you don't, don't really mesh well.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. We get along great.
3: Really? When did that start?
1: Alright, maybe great is too much to... It's too big a word, but... Alright, fine, I'm leaving.
3: Roz appears on Devi's shoulder and, like, sticks out her tongue, like...
2: Oh, sure, scare off my familiar, but... You get to have one, fine.
3: Is he really your familiar? I thought he was just a hanger-on. Mm. Can you see through his eyes?
2: I'm not sure I would want that, to be honest.
3: Mm, understandable. So if he was to get, I don't know, chased off or attacked, like, how would you feel about that?
2: Mist spares a glance at Roton. I suggest you don't.
3: Okay, he's a familiar. I got it.
4: What? <laughs> he says with a mouthful of eggs. Don't worry about it.
3: Just discussing the nature of familiars. I, I didn't realize that Tangles was... He, that, that he was one. I thought he was just a weird demon that hung around.
4: Rotan Swallows. <laughs>
3: you you thought he was a demon? He, he is a demon.
4: He, he is a demon.
3: But I thought he was just like a demon, not like mist demon.
4: What? Well, oh, what?
2: Go back to the eggs, Rotan.
3: <laughs> this
4: feels important.
3: I, I, I mean it's important to know the nature of some relationships um, familiars are important if, if, if Tingles is one
2: uh, alright I, we, I rescued him from uh, the clutches of Anlin one of his fucked up little experiments back in uh, Vankala out of I don't know if gratitude is the word but out of a sense of we like to get into trouble and he likes to get into trouble uh, he's stuck around and he's been helpful regardless of what some might claim uh, he's been helpful to the cause so part of the team
4: I'm sorry you say that like i i didn't know any of that already
2: no that was that was that that, that was directed at debbie
3: oh right i don't think i've heard that story yet
5: actually i had i hadn't heard that story either actually i never really questioned why he was here i just kind of accepted it see desmond's on team tingles
3: i i mean i if you have a personal relationship with this demon that i i won't you know interfere with that i wouldn't you know want that for for raz and if you don't want that for tingles i understand
4: do we have to call it team tingles
2: <laughs> yeah no no it's mo the moment i said it <laughs>
4: Team Heroes would be a would be a better name. That has a great sound to it.
3: Team Heroes and their pet demon.
4: I mean, I don't know about you, but I would see that play.
2: I'm surprised you didn't get pissed off that they called you a pet.
4: Do they have plays in the abyss? How do you how do you know what a play is? Well, I mean I've been around for a while.
1: I mean I, I know what a play is, but we do have plays in the abyss. I mean, there's a lot of poking and fire and and boiling oil and, you know, there's no such thing as play fighting in, in, a, in a play in, in the Abyss. It's kind of for real, and usually somebody loses a head or a limb.
3: I think you just described literal torture.
1: Well, I mean... That is
4: not a play. Well, I don't know.
3: Maybe gladiator combat? I think you just make people fight and call it entertainment... I'd call it a play.
1: Well, yeah. And there's a, and there's an audience.
5: Is there like a, a plot? A story?
1: I mean, sometimes. Oh. Sometimes it's like reenactments of, 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 of battles in the abyss. Oh. Uh, you know, with one team uh, actor playing uh, one person, army, and then one playing another. And, you know, you don't have that up here? I feel like somebody's done this
3: it's definitely been done but we call it um acting murder <laughs>
1: <laughs> i i mean murder's such an ugly word
5: <laughs> well it, yeah i think people mostly pretend to die i've never heard of it actually well, like happening for real that's that's quite uh, intense
1: I, I mean i get yeah so our, um some of our actors are very method um, and, you know, they really get into it. And I, I think when the light is going out of their eyes and they see the crowd on its feet applauding, you know, I think that's, isn't that the way we all want to go out?
5: I suppose if if you're, if you're an actor, that's, that's pretty, um, it's pretty hardcore, you know.
3: Do actors want to get killed on stage? I don't know any actors. Maybe they do. I
1: mean, the worst part is the rehearsals. <laughs>
5: the acting must be inc- must be remarkable. I mean, the, the level of dedication, the, the commitment to the role, like that's never thought about. It. Oh
1: yeah, it's great. Look, if we're if we're ever down there, I'll I can I can take you to a few of my favorite places.
4: How does anybody make it through rehearsal? <laughs> I, I mean, the really good ones do.
3: I mean, I'm assuming somebody down there is casting death ward on these poor actors, right?
1: I don't know what that is. So
3: make you think you'd be murdered, but not really die? Right? No,
1: not
4: not down there. Oh. Rules are different down there, sweetheart. Oh.
3: Okay. I don't like the Abyss.
4: Is applause th- still a good thing? Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, applause is great. Okay. Well, I would have thought it would have been, like, the opposite of great. Like, you did a really bad job. No, Clap, clap, no. clap.
1: No, you're... It's... You're mischaracterizing demons. We still feel joy and happiness and... All that sort of stuff, and we still express it in the same ways. It's just, maybe different things make us happy,
3: like fire. I've seen you. I've seen you smile when you're burning things.
1: Yeah,
5: fire's great. I feel
3: mm-hmm. like we've gotten off track. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we looking for Buck <laughs> and Winley?
5: All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yes, that was a thing that was happening. Where are they? Did, did anybody uh, mention anything to you, to you? Did they say they were? doing something else or
3: no i thought we were all beating down
4: here today roton turns to the unnamed npc sitting next to him (laughs) excuse me have you seen our companions no i haven't are you okay Uh, sorry you just called me in mid
1: chomp i bit my tongue oh but i'm okay i'm so sorry do you
4: need do you need healing no i just need to eat my breakfast you you didn't see them. One, one would have been very, very big, and the other would have been very, very small. No. And they would have been, hopefully, together. No, sorry. Well, you're, you're a lot of help.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my friend yesterday.
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, it's oh.
3: okay. Would you like me to bring him back? Well, mostly back. No. Okay.
1: No, I think that the world had a plan for him, and he's lived it out. And so, we must say goodbye.
4: Ro- Roton pats him on the shoulder and says, "There, there. Everybody dies." Now,
3: technically, not true. But...
4: Clearly, we need to find somebody in authority. He says, <laughs> turning to the others,
5: "Where is um anybody seen Alfie?"
4: As Desmond says that,
1: Devi, you hear in your mind like a. Almost like somebody shouting in your head, "Davies von Bastard, please come see me now!" Ah, what the hell is that?
5: <laughs>
3: She's looking over her shoulder, like, "What? Who's? What?"
5: You're all right. What, what? What happened?
3: Did you Did you not hear that? You heard the voice, right?
5: No, oh, you heard a voice. Um, I I didn't hear anything.
3: It was calling my name. It told me to do something, but I was too scared to process the thing it told me to do.
1: <laughs> Debbie, give me an Arcana check. You could do it with advantage.
3: Let's see. All right, plus twelve with advantage. Let's go, Arcana. Uh, Thirty. Okay, you're
1: <laughs> you're fairly certain that somebody, it was a
4: message spell. Did you did your voice tell you to kill somebody? Because that's what my voice usually tells me to do.
3: No, it was not. It was not a killing voice. Now that I've calmed down, I'm pretty sure it was a message. Um, an arcane message to me. Whew. Okay. Also, Rotan, don't listen to the voice. We're sorry, we're sorry, where did the voice tell me to go?
1: <laughs> it didn't. It just said, come see him now.
3: She'll reply to the message cantrip. Where are you?
1: In my study. Oh, God. You have...
3: You're had. supposed to whisper <laughs> a message. <laughs> She's talking to herself out loud. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I, 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 Alfie's summoning me. He didn't specifically say to come alone. So, if you all want to go talk to Alfie and find out where Buck and Winley are.
5: I think it might be a good idea if we all went along.
3: Does she know where Alfie is? You
1: have no idea.
3: Uh, Would I be able to find his office?
1: I probably could ask somebody and they could direct you. Excuse me, unnamed NPC. (laughs) Yes, yes, I thought you were going to leave me alone.
5: Do you know? Same guy. (laughs) Do you know where
4: Alfie's study is?
1: Oh, yes, second floor the door on the right.
4: Excellent. Thank you very much, my good man.
3: All right, let's go. Yeah, Debbie stands up and heads for the second floor.
1: Okay, the group of you ascend the stairs, and you uh, notice once again that the palace has been cleaned. The broken glass swept up, the blood cleaned from the floor... It looks as if nothing uh, took place yesterday, though the mood in the palace says something far different. You head upstairs, and the second floor is much like the first, extremely opulent, with thick carpeting over a marbled floor, grand paintings hanging on the walls. It is lush, and seems maybe a bit uncharacteristic for what you thought the order of chaos would be but here you are the third door on the right is much like the others large and gilded with ornate carvings uh there is a large gold handle in the middle of the door and a sign above it which reads alfie Rowe."
3: i think this is it and she'll push the door open
1: you push the door open and you enter alfie's study which is overflowing with books It is not neat or organized. There are books everywhere. Falling from the shelves, stacked up in the corners, covering what you assume was a couch at one point, but now just appears to be another book table like everything else in the room. You wind your way through the warren of books, and in the back, seated at a desk, turned away from you, and staring out the window, is Alfie Rowe.
3: Um, Alfie, you, you summoned me?
1: Ah, uh, Devias! Oh, you're just as so loud person. It's so good to see you. I... Wait, I only called for you. Why are you all here?
3: Oh, I thought you you didn't say hello, and I, I assumed we could all...
1: I only sent the message to you.
3: Right, but we're... Uh... But
1: if you don't mind them hearing, then they may stay.
3: I don't think I mind. What are you... Depends on what you're going to say.
1: I... I'm going to blow your mind! Maybe we should wait
3: outside. <laughs> like like with psionics, or...?
1: No, with the truth!
4: Mist drops to the floor and somehow has a little bowl of popcorn. Roton holds his hands up a little bit, like, to protect his face in case <laughs> a mind really does get
6: blown.
1: So, okay, then everyone take a seat, and I shall tell you a tale!
3: <laughs> Devi plops down and grabs some popcorn.
1: Devias, you were wondering... About the Order of Chaos. And you were wondering about your role in the Order of Chaos. And why none of this looked familiar.
3: Yes, yes I was.
1: Aha! I shall tell you why. You have been here before, Davias. But I took that memory from you. Or rather, I planted a false one.
3: What? I don't remember that.
1: It is something I like to call incepting. It's very complicated with a lot of different levels and doesn't entirely hold together, but it seems really smart.
2: Yeah, that doesn't sound nearly as cool as you think it does.
3: But I'm fascinated a little more.
1: So you came to us some time ago on your thirst for knowledge, and you pledged yourself to the Order, and you began to take your tests... But at a certain point, you began to have doubts, and you could not face the final trial, and so, I sent you away.
3: That's why all the trials felt different than what I remembered.
1: Yes, it's nonsense. Well, mostly, I had a team of interns write a whole sort of treatment, and, they're, well, they're not very good, and the, the first act doesn't quite connect to the second act, and there were problems in the third act, but... We didn't think you'd notice.
3: I didn't. So wait, which which memories are real and which ones are fake then?
1: Well, most of them are fake. Well, all of them are fake. But I can prove it to you that you have been here before. Okay. Stand up. She stands up. Alfie stands as well. And he faces you. And he reaches into his robe. And out of the pocket of his robe, he pulls an impossibly large book. So big that... There is no way he could have had it on him. There is no way he could have carried it. And he sets it on the desk.
3: Debbie is unfazed by this because she does the same trick with her own outfit.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) And where do you think you made that dress? What spell do you think you used to make that dress? That was one of the tests. I made this? You made that Using Drelata's own magic, the same magic she used to hide her library in the medallion you now seek.
3: Okay, okay, okay. So that, uh, now that you mention it, I don't remember where I got this dress. It's just always been very useful to have around.
1: Yes, it was unique. I had never seen anything quite like it. And if you showed it to me, and so I made one of my own. And he stands showing it off to you.
3: Oh, I like yours.
1: Isn't it Grand.
3: It is very grand
1: And so you left But the secret Of the order of chaos Has always been inside you In the back of your mind It has pulled you It has drawn you here And so you stand now On the threshold of the final test
3: Wait so I'm ready now Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes Ah, Finally And you are ready because You have decided you are ready not me.
3: You... Wait, when, when did I do that?
1: Just now. I am ready. When you came here. When you showed up
3: here. I I am ready. Okay, guys, we really need to do this now. I know that was true before, but it's all—it's extra true now.
4: I'm so confused. Uh, me too. Of course you are. You have not been through the trials. But
1: you could if you'd like. We are accepting new members.
3: You should join their really good
2: organization. I'd rather not have my memory fucked with, thank you very much. I
5: was just going to say, is that a thing that you regularly do to people that fail your tests as you erase their memory? Is that standard procedure? No, we don't erase. Are you going to wipe all
4: memories when we leave here? Hmm. No, I should think not. I would feel better if you had just said no and not said, hmm, no. It means you've considered doing it. Well, yes, of course. Oh.
2: That's a (laughs) That's adorable.
1: But it's not erasure. I do not erase memories. I plant false ones in your dreams.
4: Incepting, I call it.
3: Okay, when you say it out loud, it kind of sounds worse like that.
4: Yeah. So you're saying if you dig up a plant and put another plant where the old plant was, you are not erasing the plant. You are merely putting it aside to die. Oh. Well... Um, This does not seem like a very good thing that you are doing, Alfie. But I must protect the Order. What should I do with those who fail? Should I just
1: kill them? Would that not be more cruel? Or
2: or you just say, thanks for playing. There's the door.
1: Ah, and then they go, and then they, they resent us for not taking them, and they come back with an army. And then more would lie. I must protect the Order.
3: Well, I wouldn't have brought an army... I would have just taken what I learned and shared it.
5: How was I to know?
3: Well, that's true. I mean, I could raise an army if I wanted to, but i
5: but I wouldn't are there people within your order that have the power to erase someone's memory
1: incept
5: right, right, but like erase is that a thing that happens?
1: No, no, uh. not well, there are spells i I think I've heard about where you can um, I think there's one called. Oh, I don't remember. I, that's what all these books are for. Um, oh, if you been here like an moment.
3: hour so I could
1: find it. Have you been in- in- incepted? I, no, I couldn't have been. But maybe I was.
5: If you were, you wouldn't know.
1: No, I wouldn't. And that would explain the dream with the sunfish.
5: All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just supposed to know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> going to nod my head and smile
3: so wait wait so Desmond, are you wondering if they did thing your thing to you
5: well not uh, All this talk of memory and everything is is just is a little peculiar and um, it's just the thought that they they have something to do with modifying one's memory is is the first I've've come across something like this in the world, although it's not quite erasing one's memory uh, that's huh
3: Maybe you remember the Order of Chaos, and they erased your memory and dumped you on an island.
4: No, I have never seen him before in my life. But if you were incepted to forget Desmond, then this all would make sense. No, Poppycock. No. Such a thing is not possible.
1: I could (laughs) never be... Wait. Maybe. No.
5: Perhaps. um, This all goes very deep.
1: It does. There are many levels. Levels beneath levels...
5: What if I took the tests and I failed the tests?
1: I would remember, or oh, there would be some notation.
5: There would be notation.
1: Well, yes. And what of these
3: books? Wait, so there are
5: notations about me then?
1: Yes. Oh,
3: that would be a much better way to prove things than than the the, the pocket robe.
1: Well, <laughs> I thought the pop pocket robe was very dramatic.
3: <laughs> it was very dramatic, and it's a very nice robe. I really like your robe.
1: But it's, uh, it's your robe. It's your spell. I thought you would appreciate
3: i that. do appreciate it
1: it doesn't sound like it
3: <laughs> i i'm sorry i'm not usually big on fashion but i i do like your rope it's a very pretty rope well
1: thank you and i i appreciate you showing me how to make it
3: i i'm sure that i did that probably
1: yes well who else would
3: it's just a bag of holding spell like modified for clothing like it's not that hard
1: Ah, but that is where you do yourself a disservice. It is very clever.
3: Oh, well, I wonder if I can do it again. Or did, or did you erase my ability to do it?
1: No, but you, I don't believe you memorized the spell you... Wait, I have, I have remembered something. The spell you are thinking of, Desmond, is called Modify Memory.
3: <sighs> That's an enchanter's spell.
1: Yes, it is an enchantment. Very good. You were always very good with schools.
3: I've never liked enchanters.
5: Oh, this this would cause someone to lose their memory. I'll...
1: Well, yes, normally it's a temporary spell, but if you are, I guess, of a particular experience and very powerful, it can be quite permanent.
5: Hmm,
2: interesting. Is there any way to reverse it?
1: Well, let us see. Hmm. Yes, yes, there is. You would need to remove the enchantment. It would take a very powerful enchanter.
5: It, it is there. Is there someone here that possesses that capability?
1: I could ask around.
5: If you could, that would be, that would be very much appreciated. Assuming it's an, even an enchantment, I don't know. I could have fallen out of a tree and hit, you know, hit my head. <laughs> hmm,
1: that is possible. Yes. Ah, and so I have one other piece of business to discuss. You may be wondering why your friends are. Right,
4: that's why we're here.
1: No, that's not why you're here. I didn't invite you. I invited her. Ah, that's why I'm here. So where are they? I did something rather impetuous this morning. Before you awoke, I woke your companions, and I told them that time was of the essence, and that they had a job to do before you took on the layer of the volcanic newts, you see the newts have this sort of alarm system that runs throughout the entire cave system. The ins and the outs aren't important, but it runs on sort of this hot air and pressure. And there's some like sciency terms I don't quite understand, but suffice to say that if that, alarm was disabled then you would not be overwhelmed by newts but if it was in place when you arrived then you would face an army the likes of which you have never seen
3: there's an army of newts in that volcano
1: (laughs) well yes i mean it's a whole colony of people civilization so i sent them to disable the alarm by blocking one of the intake valves on one of the... On the side of the mountain. And I sent them because... To send you would draw too much suspicion. For you see, you are human. And you are Tabashi. Gonna say. And the newts do not care for humans. Or Tabashi. Racists. Well, they have a long-standing battle with the Blackfoot Tabashi. And they probably, though you are much better... Bigger, they probably would think that you are some sort of giant blackfoot, Tabashi, and they would be very angry.
2: All catfoot look alike. Okay, I get it.
1: No, you are significantly taller than the blackfoot. The blackfoot are very small. And so I sent them to do this, and they will meet you when you arrive and gain entry, and then you will all journey forth and be victorious.
3: All right, go team human and Tabashi.
1: I mean, or you could go join them and do it all together. It's up to
3: you. I mean that alarm system sounds pretty terrible.
5: Sounds good to me. Good plan.
1: Now, before you leave, should there be anything else
4: you need? Healing potions? A new pair of shoes? I mean I
3: can always use more healing potions.
4: Actually, yes. That that sounds like an excellent idea. Excellent. Then see the apothecary
1: downstairs. Oh, and I should suggest that you maybe get some. Potions of fire resistance. It will get rather hot.
3: Oh, good point. Good point. If only I had a ring with fire resistance on it.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty great. Mist uh, casually spins the ring of the Silver Sisters around his finger.
3: So is there anything else that we should know about this uh, volcano layer? Do you have a
1: map? No, I have not been in there myself, but the newts are vicious. They will offer no quarter or expect any. They will not negotiate or barter. They are ferocious, fierce, adorable creatures.
4: Also racist, apparently. <laughs> yes.
1: Now, if you have nothing further, I will
3: let you go.
4: Okay. Off we go.
3: Yes,
1: I have an owl that I need to beat in a staring contest.
3: And we all back slowly out of the room. <laughs> <Yes>.
6: Yep. <laughs>
4: Hey, you find yourselves in the hallway. All, all right. I feel like I should ask, just to be sure. Does anybody have any weird memories that they didn't think were there before?
3: Now I'm questioning all my memories. <laughs> I didn't realize I was dealing with enchanters here.
5: Ugh. I'm excluded from this because my mind's a mess, so <laughs> it's really up to you guys.
3: How much does a fire potion cost, according to D&D Beyond?
1: 300 gold pieces. Good
3: lord. Wow. Okay. How long do they last? One hour. Let's bring two dozen. Okay. <laughs> We're going to be in there a while.
5: One hour, oh my <laughs> lord. Burns are those things.
4: So two dozen would be... be 7,200 <laughs> gold. <goldfish. laughs> Jesus. Okay,
3: I've added four potions of fire resistance to my inventory. I will deduct however much gold you tell me those fire potions cost. Oh,
1: 1,200.
3: Debbie hands over two black pearls and an amethyst. Or two amethysts. Uh, to the potion vendor.
4: What could I get for this? And Roton holds up his ring of jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get that? From very, very early in season one. <laughs> but it doesn't work. I don't. I don't jump any more. Then give,
3: give I me that. What I'm not wearing. <laughs> oh, give um... it to me. <laughs> Let me take a look at that. I'm gonna Arcana check on this thing.
4: <laughs> sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what a- Natural one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks like a very finely crafted ring.
3: Roton, you got scammed. This is just a regular ring.
1: <laughs> you you also have the the circlet. Is, I never it ever... to
4: either of them. No, but does he wear it, or is it just in his bag? Uh, I think he does wear it. Oh, I also have this this thing. He pulls it out. <laughs> Arcana check. Natural. You gotta be fucking kidding me.
6: Uh, <laughs> no, it's really? twenty.
3: It's a twenty this time. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I rolled a nat 1 and a nat 20. <laughs> but if she's going to look at it. It's a circlet of booming. Debbie, you look at
1: this, and you've never seen one of these things before in the wild. But you have read about them. That this is a circlet of booming, which was used during, uh, by the Rothian battle mages during the claiming, which enabled the battle mages to be heard over the din of battle.
3: Oh, Rotan! Oh, yeah. This this is also uh, a scam. Um, you should oh. not try to attune to this ever.
4: So it's it's <laughs> it's not valuable at all.
3: I mean, maybe somebody else would pay money for it, but it's oh. definitely not magical. You should not try to use it.
4: I've been carrying this around all over the place. He, he tosses it over his shoulder.
3: I'm pretty sure I used identify at
2: one point on these things.
3: Then you would know that Debbie's trying to convince Ratan to not yeah. turn on the boobies.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that ring is legit, though, Debbie.
3: What? It is? Yeah. Is the ring jumping? Hmm. Why isn't it? Are you sure?
2: Look again. Here, look, see, because <laughs> it has these... Roll with advantage. <laughs> Magicy bits on it. Fuck, I don't know.
3: It's it's got little right. feetsies drawn on it. Rolled a thirty-two <laughs> on Arcana. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what the fuck is up with my dice today? I rolled a three and a twenty on that advantage.
1: All right. So you yeah you look again, and with with mists with mists sort of help and guidance and pointing out some of the markings, you do discern that it is in fact a ring of jumping.
3: alright All right, little brother, it's time to teach you how to attune to magic items.
4: Oh, all right.
3: Before we go on this adventure, while we're shopping for potions, I want you to sit and hold that ring and think about it really, really hard. Okay? That's it? Yes, for an hour.
4: Oh, that's a long time (laughs) to think about one thing.
3: Do you want to jump far or don't you?
4: Well... Not all the time.
3: Well, you can turn it on and off once you're attuned to it.
4: Oh, so I don't need to jump far all the time.
3: Right. You can only jump. You can use it to, I think it casts the jump spell. Is that right, Mist? It doesn't just make you jump all the time. It's just you can cast the jump spell when you need to, right?
4: I think so. Which still isn't all that good.
3: (laughs) Regardless, you should attune to it. It's good practice because a hero needs magic items, right?
4: I I guess. I mean, I've got this sword.
3: I meant like non-cursed magic items.
4: And I've got this ring. I mean, uh, Mist says this makes me uh, fireproof.
3: Okay, okay, that's a good point. Before we go into the fire dungeon, did you attune to the fire (laughs) resistance ring? Does it require attuning? Have you been not fireproof this whole time?
4: Have I? I haven't been on fire.
3: Hold on. And Debbie conjures a ball of fire in her hand and holds it up near (laughs) Rotan.
4: Oh, I like where this is going. Oh, that hurts.
3: Okay, (laughs) that's supposed to hurt. Okay. Attune to that fire resistance ring first.
4: Over here, you said? This is where I do it?
3: You can do it anywhere. Someplace quiet where you can focus.
4: All, all right. So, so Rokotan goes over to the corner and sits down. <laughs> and then he, he holds the ring like in both hands like he's Gollum, and he just stares at it with wide eyes.
3: I, I think Devi will supervise. <laughs> For when he inevitably gets distracted after five minutes, she'll bring it back down. No, yeah.
4: Devi, do you know what I was doing?
3: <laughs> Were you focusing on the ring? <laughs> yes good 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 keep doing that
4: oh all right excellent has it been an hour are we there yet
3: she'll conjure the ball of fire again put it near him does it hurt yet does it still hurt
4: no it still hurts all right okay I'll, good I'll keep, i, I keep, keep going <laughs> all right so this goes on every five minutes
3: he tries to burn her brother <laughs> until it doesn't
1: work yeah and meanwhile a, a, a short distance off tingles is sitting on the ground with a bucket of popcorn yeah. watching <laughs> this. <gonna> <laughs> so in hour passes and Rotan finally, after two seasons,
3: <laughs> attunes to the rank. Hey. And there was much rejoicing.
6: Hey.
3: At one point she finally holds up the fire to you and it does not burn Rotan right away. And she goes, <gasps> Yay! It like gives you a big <laughs> hug.
2: Ah! To be fair, we are we are resistant, not fireproof. This is true. I'm
4: inflammable. Inflammable means flammable? What a country! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but to be clear, uh, he did toss the circlet of booming over his shoulder, so that's just lying on the ground.
3: I say we leave it there. (laughs)
4: Okay. Mist picks it up.
3: (laughs) I'm glad we had this little talk before you dove into the fire dungeon with no (laughs) fire protection.
1: The group of you complete your shopping and you gather your possessions, say farewell to Gruber. Gruber insists you say goodbye to Concord because it's Gruber. And you begin your journey across the garden, out the rear gate of the compound, through the orchards, on the path that some of you traversed just the day before in pursuit of the fleeing newts. Soon enough, you come to the edge of the island. And on a sandy shore, there rests a boat. And standing next to the boat is a woman who smiles at you. Hello, I am Ervis. I am the senior associate to Alfie Alfie wanted to be with you himself, but something rather extraordinary happened. And he had to attend to that. So I am here to help you get across the lake.
4: Did it involve an owl? I was just gonna say <laughs> No, it did not. It
1: it seems that Alfie was in his study and well suddenly there was some sort of explosion and he was blown backwards out his window, and he fell to the ground and got up cursing, saying that his pockets had blown out. <laughs> Oh, that poor guy. <laughs> he was very cross and he said that well he could not get back in his study as it was now full of stuff. So I guess he is attending <laughs> oh, no. to that. Oh,
3: those pockets, they're they're so demanding.
4: Well, Devi, do you do you know anything about this?
3: I well kind of a thing with the spell <laughs> thing is if you uh if you don't point out that the the, the the robe has pockets. It uh, you lose
1: them. Oh, that is frightfully clever. It's is that something of your design?
3: I I mean it must have been. I've kind of forgotten that I even made this thing. But it sounds like a thing I would do.
1: Oh well, I should say that is a very nice dress.
3: <laughs> Thanks. It has pockets. <laughs>
4: she wipes her brow. <laughs> I'm very confused.
1: (laughs) So uh, if you will uh, get on the boat, I will take us across the lake. Very good. Your destination is across the lake and over the ridge on the other side and down toward the bottom of the crater. You will see, well, that is where the cave
4: is. Rotan climbs into the boat.
3: Yep. same.
1: Okay, the group of you climb into the boat, and you see with the aid of magic, she pushes it off from the shore, and waving her arms behind her, the water itself propels the boat forward. Desmond, you easily recognize what she's doing, shaping the water behind and in front and around to propel the boat forward. And soon enough, you're out on the open lake, away from the island, and you take a moment to look around you. It is a gorgeous day. The breeze on the lake is heavenly. Looking back on the island, you see the orchard and the leaves in hues of gold and orange and crimson, almost autumnal. And you see the majestic palace behind them. And rising up on all sides, you see the sides of the crater you find yourself in. If it weren't for the possibly world-ending peril you were about to face, you consider this almost like a vacation. But soon enough, you're across the lake, and she pulls the boat to rest on the shore on the opposite side. I will wait here for you to return.
4: Good luck. Oh, quick question. Ervis, uh, is it? Ervis, yes. Ervis. yes. Uh, do you think you've ever had your memories rewritten?
1: I should think not, but I wouldn't know, would I? Uh,
4: I suppose not. No sense worrying about it then, I guess.
1: No, no, I wouldn't worry about that at all. It's quite a silly thing to worry about. I'm sure nobody does that.
4: Oh, well about that. We think that Alfie does that. Oh,
1: no, of course. I... No, no. No? No, no, there's such a thing. No, Alfie is a kind and decent and, well, I was going to say humble, but he's not humble, but he is very kind and, well, he's sort of a Good-natured.
4: He makes a wonderful rhubarb pie. Ah, well, I suppose... Ah, I don't... I don't think I've ever heard of anybody who was evil who made a good rhubarb pie. So, (laughs) you have given me much to think on, Ervis. Well, I do hope you focus on the
1: task at hand and maybe less on such silly existential questions.
4: Oh, Ah, well, when I'm not saving the world, existential questions are what I think about.
1: Oh, well, I should like to talk to you about them sometime.
4: Ah, I should like to discuss them all with you as well, Ervus. Wonderful. Well, then it is a date. I, ah, uh, I hope you remember it. Ha-ha. Ah,
1: uh... <laughs> that's very, very droll. Yes, 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 the joke of the memory thing. Yes, it's very clever. I would well i
4: Roton looks uncomfortable
1: it's i have even more reason to f- wish you good luck we should now, go yes toodaloo, <laughs> good luck i i i will be here uh just when you come back um bye
4: oh boy ah oh god that was <laughs> awkward
2: Everyone. Specifically, hail to the victors. We are two weeks out from Michigan defeating Alabama (laughs) in the Rose Bowl and about one week out from Michigan winning the national championship for the first time in 26 years. Go Blue. I could not be happier, except to know that you guys are all enjoying listening to this episode, our uh, 21st of the season. And uh, if you are listening to this episode and enjoying what you hear, especially if you're enjoying hearing about Michigan winning the national championship, please let us know, leave us one of those wonderful reviews on
0: iTunes or whatever it is. Apple calls it now or uh, Spotify or Google podcasts while it lasts, wherever you can leave us a
2: message. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us a message at uh, our Gmail multiclass theater at gmail.com. Um, also how we can get you an invite to our discord which is full of awesome fun loving michigan loving people (laughs)
3: we're not all from michigan you don't
1: have to love michigan but it helps where's michigan i mean if you're an alabama fan or i'm so sorry not really clemson or usc or any other college with the exception of ohio state you are equally as welcome
6: hang on we got to say the ohio state or they will come after us bring it (laughs) uh and
0: ohio
3: state (laughs) And Ohio State. I think we're encouraging them to come after us.
6: Well, it means they're listening, so, yeah.
1: Aha. So I'm continuing to read this trivia section for the movie Cleopatra. If all of you out there have, have not seen it, um, it's, a, it's a thing. Uh, four hours of insanity on screen. But one of the trivia things in here is that in this movie, Romans are depicted riding horses using stirrups. In fact, stirrups were first encountered and soon adopted by the Byzantines at about 600 AD. Honestly, if you're watching this movie looking for historical accuracy, you're watching the wrong movie.
3: (laughs) Yeah, the the stirrups are not what I'm focused on.
1: No, I mean, when Antony first meets Cleopatra and they have dinner at this big feast, Cleopatra's Elizabeth Taylor's gown is covered in sequins.
6: (laughs) You know. Like the ancient Egyptians did.
4: Yeah, I think sequins were invented by uh, the Athenians back in uh, <laughs> some, some year BC.
6: Oh, am I really going to Google the history of sequins? I guess I am.
5: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm I'm on Elizabeth Taylor's Wikipedia page. And...
6: Okay, well, hang on now. So uh, evidence exists that gold sequins were being used as decoration or clothing or paraphernalia in the Indus Valley valley as early as 2500 BC.
4: Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh, wow. So there we go. So my fact was made up. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> this is coming from a <laughs> geologist, everyone. Uh, but not an archaeologist. They they would take issue with me uh, pretending to be an archaeologist. Yeah. Given my background. So you're saying Elizabeth Taylor imported the dress from, um, <laughs> from, from India or whatever the... Uh...
6: Oh, just on loan from the British Museum, you know.
4: Oh, e- even better.
6: I just pulled that uh, out of my ass, so don't trust me on that. Okay, sounded funny.
1: Apparently, her stand-in for long shots on this shoot was Joan Collins. Mm. Why? I Because she didn't want to work.
6: <laughs> Gosh, if only. That'd be real nice. They
1: originally wanted to cast Joan Collins when they were going to make this movie for $2 million. And then, you know, look what happened. Anyway, everyone out there, if you haven't seen Cleopatra, I don't know. I can't recommend seeing it. It's... It's, but it's a journey. I'm
4: still wrapping my head around having a body double for scenes where you are far away. That's, uh, that's fabulous.
1: I mean, they do that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, it's like, you know, when they're shooting coverage and people aren't shooting their close-up and they're not on camera, there's a lot of people, a lot of big actors who won't even be in the scene. They're off in their trailer and like a AD or something reads the other side
4: of the scene. That's so lazy. It yeah. is. Oh my god. Yeah,
6: but... That's also uh, more actors getting paid, though. That's also that's a good true. thing. Are so, they getting
4: paid well? Uh,
6: I mean... They're getting paid. Uh, they're getting paid? <laughs> it's better than
4: nothing, <laughs> I assume. Yeah. You could also hire more actors in leading roles instead of just giving
0: them the same ten people. Think of it like uh, think of it like having an undergrad or grad student doing all the work in your lab, and then you put your first authorship on it. That's That's...
6: Yo... That triggers me right now. That's the one. That's the one. That would. That would. I, that would light sense. me on fire. No,
4: <laughs> now, that's now a I understand. Good it's such a good <laughs> system.
0: Oh, I I am. God. I am sorry to trigger Rachel, but like, at least you know that it's. I. I did it to myself too. Oh my
1: god. Adam, anything to add?
0: No, that's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we should probably get back to the show.
4: To the show. Bye.
1: Bye. No Bye. Okay, so uh, on the opposite shore, it's there is a sort of light underbrush and, and small trees and, and things like that. It's not heavily forested, but it is a light woodsy kind of feel. And you see um, there is a pretty obvious path through the forest. You don't have to be master tracker to follow where the newts went. They were obviously not trying to conceal their trail or movement. They were worried about haste, not stealth. And so you depart on the trail of the newts, Rotond looking back once over your shoulder and Erebus waves to you from the shore. As she gets smaller and smaller, the further in you go. The journey is not arduous. There seems to be a pretty well-worn trail up the side of the crater and over the other side. When you reach the lip of the crater, you have a spectacular view out over the landscape. In front of you, you see the crater sloping downwards towards the shore. Beyond it, you see the blue sea. And off in the distance, you can make out an island. You don't take long to appreciate the view. You've got heroing to do. You make your way down the slopes of the crater. The descent is a little more treacherous. Soon enough, you make your way to the bottom, or near the bottom. About a hundred feet from where the slope of the crater meets the level land, you see an outcropping of rock. You approach it wide from the sides, giving it a berth, not wanting to be ambushed. And you see, set into the rock, appears to be... An entrance of sorts. I wouldn't call it a door. It's as if there was an oval cave mouth blocked by a spherical boulder on the other side. And next to this, you see two narrow slits, one on either side. This is definitely an entrance of some sort.
5: Any kind of like a sign of... um any movement or anything of... Uh... Not
1: that you can see. It's literally an, it, almost like it's an entrance into the interior of the volcano itself. There's no place to knock. Now, you've approached it from the side, so you're kind of... If you're looking at it, you're to the left of it, maybe about 100 feet away. So you're not directly in front. You're still on the slope of the crater. To investigate it further, though, you will have to approach.
5: Right. Shall we try to approach, uh, Quietly.
1: Mist uh,
2: throws on his Cloak of Elvenkind. I'll take a closer look and let you know if the coast is clear. All right.
1: Okay, Mist, give me a stealth check.
2: And the cloaky give me advantage here, uh, which is good because that rolls
1: a 17, and that is a 24. You skulk up to the entrance. You are... Well, why don't you describe to me how you approach?
2: Mist moves very slowly... I mean, if you've ever watched a cat stalk, right? It's one paw at a time. The whole rest of his body seems to be still. It's just the one paw that's in motion, and then his body shifts forward, and then it's the second paw. And he's scanning for any sign of motion, any smell in the air that might indicate the presence of one of them newts.
1: Uh, give me a perception check. Ooh, 25. You definitely smell sulfur.
2: Um... Once I get close enough to the door, I'm going to flip on my ghostly gaze, which allows me to see through solid objects with a rain, uh, to a range of 30 feet for one minute.
1: All right. You cast the spell and you peer into the chamber beyond the door. And what you see is it's not actually a door. It is a large, like six foot tall, spherical stone orb that's blocking the entrance. The interior of the room is circular and there is a worn groove around the circumference of the room. There seems to be on the opposite side of the room another six-foot stone sphere, stone orb, that looks to be blocking an exit on the opposite side of the door. You see that there are two newts standing at either arrow slit window peering outwards. You also see... In this sort of northeast, I will say corner, because it is a spherical room or a circular room, there is a pool, like a hot spring. And there seem to be two newts lounging in the hot spring. And on the left-hand side, there is what appears to be a natural stone table carved and four, I guess you could call them stools, carved out of the rock surrounding the table. And the other The only other thing in the room is a peculiar sort of setup, which appears to be six standing stones. They're, They're small, maybe a foot high, five arranged like a pyramid. And there seems to be one standing apart from it, about 10 feet away. All right. And you also see through your ghostly gaze that beneath each one of the giant orbs are pressure plates. That's a very useful spell.
2: It's a uh, invocation. It's not even a spell. I'm going to skulk back.
1: Okay, you make it through. Make You make it back without incident.
2: All right. Here's the scoop. Four guards inside. Two seem to be chilling. Two are, well, not chilling because they're fire newts. They're more like soaking, steaming, whatever. Two uh, watching the door from either of those arrow loops. It's not a door really so much as it is a big old boulder. I kind of get the vibe that it's able to roll around the perimeter of the room. There's some kind of trigger plate underneath it so I don't know what will happen when the ball is moved off of that plate but there's uh, a second ball in the room that might you know, I don't know, roll towards us or maybe that's part of the alarm system or don't know. Um, Weird stuff in the room, I don't understand Newt aesthetics, stones, and then there's a table probably guard room like their place to eat or whatever however the moment we approach we will start getting fired upon so we will need a plan to deal with those two in the guard loops unless mm. I can turn Roton invisible and he can move the stone and uh, then they won't know why the stone is opening but they also won't like shoot him while he tries actually one third fourth fifth <laughs> I could turn us all invisible oh Oh, qu- question. Can't you pretend to be one of them? I mean, sure, if you want to go that route. And Mist taps the hat and turns into a
3: newt. I like the invisible thing.
2: Oh. Ha <laughs> you just
3: follow me in. Oh, you push the rock aside, the newt walks in with the invisible people behind him. You could even knock.
2: You could knock. <laughs> if it gets to that point. And then you guys just stay close and follow me.
3: All right, this hold hands
2: buddy system. Follow me.
5: Pretty good plan. Yes. Okay. We got a plan.
2: All right. Uh like hold hands or something that way nobody gets lost, nobody stumbles over each other.
3: Oh, yeah, yes.
2: Now? Yes.
3: Debbie looks around awkwardly like I don't know I don't know about this hand-holding thing.
2: Any other questions any comments concerns before we go after this?
3: How fast should I kill the newts?
2: Um once we're inside, I'm going to go with very
3: so we we kill them fast. We're not trying to sneak by them. We're trying to murder them.
2: I mean, oh, maybe we should have this discussion. <laughs> Given what they did to those people back in there, I'm inclined to go scorched earth.
3: I agree.
1: Oh, I like yes,
3: yes, yes. Might I suggest not scorching because they are fire newts. Let's go watered earth.
2: Metaphorically scorched earth. Flooded earth.
3: All right, so we're on the same page. Yeah,
2: no moral quandaries here. No, no, these things are dicks.
5: Yeah, they're, they're racist murderers.
4: They're all racists, and therefore they are all evil. Yes, <laughs>
3: yes. All fire newts are racist. <laughs> and I'm happy
1: to be part of this plan. This is the best plan you've ever come up with.
2: You know what? I'm going to be charitable and say not necessarily all fire newts are racist, but this group definitely seems to be. So I'm okay with yes. that.
5: And murderers, too. Like There's Th- that. Too. That yes, too.
1: Murders, racists, all of them. God, you guys, I'm just I'm just so proud. I'm so proud.
2: Alright. And Mist will cast invisibility over the rest of the party.
1: Okay. You cast invisible invisibility over the rest of the party, leaving yourself in volcanic newt form. Visible.
3: And Debbie will hold hands with Rotan and Desmond.
2: I'll having seen how these things move, I will
1: waddle, strut. Give me a performance check.
3: Hello,
2: charisma, natural charisma ability. Woo,
1: 23. Okay, you sort of shuffle and shake your booty so your tail (laughs) kind of twitches back and forth in the air, and it's very convincing. And you make it to the door, and a voice behind one of the slots begins to hiss at you and gurgle. What languages do you know, Mist? Probably uh, Common, Draconic, and Sylvan. Okay, you don't understand the language it is speaking. Do you want to try to reply?
2: Uh I'm just going to give it the kind I'm just going to like give it a give it a look like come on and just gesture at the do- and just like you know wave my hand at the door or the ball like come on just come on
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> what do I look
2: like? Come on.
1: Suddenly the in, the, in, the, in the, the course of all the hissing and the gurgling and everything, you hear a word that you do understand. It's a curse, intraconic. Equivalent to the common word, fuck.
3: It's hitting on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it sounds very much from, like, somebody saying, fuck. But intraconic.
2: Yeah. I'm going to follow up with... Uh, in draconic, like just every swear word in draconic, you know. Well, something, <laughs> something, something to the effect of something to the effect of when, I, when I'm being when I'm not being emotional, the ability to swear does not come as naturally to me. This is interesting.
4: You are now speaker of the house, Mike. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> there we go. There you go. He's back. There you go. Uh, something
2: with whatever the whatever the draconic equivalent of, oh, for fuck's sake, just open the door.
4: Why
1: are you using that whole language and not our language? Who are you? I've not seen you around here in some time. I've not seen you around here at all. Yeah,
2: those uh, filthy humans were holding me down in their prison cell. And when you guys stormed the place and killed a bunch of them, I was able to get out, but I wasn't able to catch up to the rest of you.
1: Oh, no.
2: This is the only language those idiots understand, so I've been stuck in it for a while.
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, Give me a deception check.
2: So I rolled, uh, so my total is a nine. Um, or sorry, my total is a ten. But that's because I have a plus nine to
1: deception. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the took me prisoners. I thought they just executed us all.
2: Well, then maybe I was just lucky or they were saving me for later, you know, to feast upon. You know how those... I
1: think you should talk to the chief about this.:
2: Well, sure, can I come in then to talk to him? Or
1: you hear uh, the fire newt say something to the other fire newts in the language you don't understand. And then the boulder begins to move. And then the big stone orb begins to roll, and you see that two of the newts are pushing it aside. And as the orb rolls past the door, you hear a loud click. And then you see that the other two newts, the ones who had been lounging in the hot spring, have come to join you, and they are standing there in front of you. And at their sides are a pair of scimitars, each one with two scimitars on their hips. And they are looking at you curiously.
2: Paint a picture, it'll last longer.
1: Oh, I, I was waiting for you to speak. May I please come inside? Come on, in, come in. Because you've seen that the, the, the two newts have taken position on the opposite side of the orb to push it back into place.
2: Right, right. So Mist is going to kind of linger a bit in and, and, and sort of a thank you gesture. As he's recovering from it, he's going to wave one of his hands forward, trying to signal his party.
1: What are you doing? Get out of the way. We need to close the door.
2: Yeah, I, I'm taking in the smell of home. It's been so long. Oh. They could be after you. Yo, you're right. You're right. I should definitely step inside where it's safe. Everybody else make a stealth check. Yeah.
4: I believe I make this a dis- disadvantage. Is that correct? I think so, because you're
1: in heavy armor. dirty 20. 11. Adam? 14. Shit. Ooh. All right, you all make it in. So now you find yourselves in the room. The four newts are standing there staring at you. There's two behind you and two in front of you. The rest of you, the room is as I've described it. There is a natural table carved into the rock to the left of you with four natural stone stools. There is that hot spring sort of to the right of you. And then there is that strange arrangement of stones, standing stones, also to the right of you. And the newts are just looking at you, mist, curiously.
2: So is the chief on his way or...? (laughs)
1: are you not? You have been gone so long. Don't you need refreshment?
2: You know, that does sound wonderful. And Mist goes over to the table?
1: You see one of the newts pull his scimitars from his belt. I think you better stand against the wall. Ah, hell with it.
2: Um, and I'm gonna cast Shadow of Moil. (laughs) Boring conversation anyway. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this old chestnut. Mm -hmm.
2: So suddenly, I am shroud. I am uh, flame like shadows wreath my body until the spell ends. Oh, I guess the moment I do that, I do drop invisibility because I forgot that's a concentration spell.
1: Suddenly, everybody appears. Hello, and let's all roll for initiative.
2: Yay! All right, five. Eighteen. Like I don't know what I was waiting for. The whole point was you get in here and then we start messing <laughs> these guys up.
1: It's that muscle memory of y'all not like just. Murder hoboing everything.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, only a 13 for you, boy. Four. Five.
5: Uh, 18.
1: Desmond, you are first.
5: All right. Here we go. He will take his staff, and he will, um, slam it on the ground. And from the staff, there will be this, like, this ripple of energy that just fills the room. Yeah, 30-foot sphere centered on myself, and I can exclude... I want from this, so all of the enemies in this room, assuming the room, is it it bigger than 30 feet?
1: Probably, but they're all within that.
5: Okay. Then all of them need to give me a constitution saving throw. Oh, what spell are you using? Oh, you'll see.
1: (laughs) What am I trying to beat?
5: Then I'll see. Um, DC (laughs) (laughs) 17.
1: Okay. Two of them make it, two of them miss it.
5: Okay. So the ones, I'm going to use a Divine Intervention to do max damage on the thunder damage that this does. I've never cast this spell before, actually. This is called Destructive Wave. So the ones that fail take 30 points of thunder damage and 22 points of radiant damage.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) What the hell are you casting? And if
5: they're still alive, they're knocked prone.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
3: I think they're knocked prone regardless.
1: (laughs) And you can exclude people from this?
5: I can. So I strike the ground. Uh, Each creature you choose within 30 feet of you must succeed. All
1: right. What about the ones that make the save?
5: So the ones that make the save take half. So they take 11 points of radiant damage and 15 points of thunder damage, and they're not knocked prone.
1: Okay. You kill two of them right off the bat.
5: I don't like these racist murderers.
4: (laughs) Apparently not. He says, in the smoking crater of...
1: (laughs) You raise your staff, you slam it to the ground, and there's a thunderous explosion in this small room. And you see two of the newts, the two that were behind you, go flying backwards, slamming into the rock walls, and falling down, and not moving. The two in front of you look angry. One of them hisses. And spits fire at you. I would like you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Bring
5: it, bitch. Uh, (laughs) ten.
4: Uh, You do not make that. I I like this Desmond.
5: (laughs) He's changed. He's seen some things, man.
1: Desmond, you take 36 points of fire damage.
4: Oh my god. (laughs) All right. That's fair. That's fair.
3: (laughs) Now we know how strong these things are. (laughs) That's over half my hit points, man.
4: Okay, that brings
1: us to Mist.
2: Yep. Uh, the first one, what spat fire, is about to discover uh, that it's not so hot. Um, I'm going to throw some Eldritch Blasts at it. Uh, so I get three beams here. First shot is a 23. That will hit. And that'll be 12 force damage. Second shot is a 22 to hit, so that'll hit for another 7 force damage. Okay. Third shot, uh, twenty-seven to hit.
1: I will also hit.
2: Uh, Fourteen more force damage.
1: That's enough to take it out.
2: Um, So it's it's spitting fire at uh, uh, Desmond, and then all of a sudden, it just like its eyes bulge out, and it's just a little like the flame turns into like a little puff of smoke, and it just face plants. You're extinguished. All right, that brings us to
1: Debbie.
3: So what's the state of the battlefield? There's one alive?
1: There's one left. Is it laying on the ground? it looks angry. No, it is not laying on the ground.
3: Does it look injured?
1: Yeah, but not terribly.
3: Uh, Then she will glare at it and do her, like, swirly black magic thing and then... (laughs) And inflict wounds on this thing at a second level spell. 16 to hit.
1: That does not hit.
3: Can I do the favor of the gods to add 2d4 on that? Because I really want—I like. really want to hit this thing.
1: We're gonna blow all our spells in the first encounter.
3: Hey, this thing burned my friend. Plus six to hit on that.
1: That will hit. Nice. Uh,
3: 21 damage to that thing with uh, very evil-looking, soul-draining, life-sucking uh, magic.
1: It's hurt. You drain, sucker dissipate or whatever that spell does.
3: Siphon. She is siphoning it and giving some to Desmond.
1: You siphon quite a bit of its life force, but it's still not down.
3: That life force that she sucked away, like, comes through her and out the other arm towards Desmond, who gains, let's see, six plus two, eight temporary hit points. Temporary? Oh, cool.
5: Ah, thank you.
1: And it is angry, and it is hissing, and it spits fire at you, Debbie.
3: Bring it! Fire Lizard that can one-shot me. Dexterity <laughs> save. Throw. Uh, dexterity save is plus one. All right. 17. Oh, so you make your save. Okay. I, I assume I'm still injured a little bit.
1: You are still injured. Uh, you take 16 points of damage.
4: Sizzle, <sighs> right. sizzle. Ah.
3: That basically sucked away her temporary HP.
1: <laughs> and that brings us to Rotond.
4: Roton's gonna do what Roton's gonna do. Swings his long sword. Not wait, double-handed. Wait, what's the term? No, he swings his sword. <laughs> Eighteen. That will hit. Cool. That's a whopping twelve points of damage. That is enough to kill it. Why don't you tell me what it looks like? Uh, he cuts off its head. It's still, still spewing fire. And- yeah, the
1: vol- the volcanic newt is angry and hissing and spitting fire at Devi, and Rotan steps forward and with an overhand chop takes its head clean off, and you feel a surge of absolute joy rush up your sword arm as you decapitate this creature. The sword seems to sing in your grasp.
4: Bring it off! Ha-ha! Because I I took... never mind.
1: All right, so the four of you are standing there and there are four newt corpses at your feet.
4: Ah.
3: That worked perfectly. Yes. Except for you being burned. Are you okay?
5: Yes, I'm... I'm well, I'm... Mm, quite... Quite badly burned, but I'll, I'll... Do you need healing, Desmond? Um... If, if you don't mind. Uh, perhaps it might uh, be. Yes,
4: no. No worries. I'm not hearing any sort of alarm system. Uh, there's that.
5: It's true. We made sh- quick work of them, actually. That was... that was Go team!
2: Dude, that was that was exhilarating. Pretty sure they didn't have time to call for their chief,
5: either.
3: Well, hopefully Buck and Windley have disabled that alarm. So
4: I can I can bring you up to full health again, Desmond. I just need to know how much it is.
5: Uh, 36, but I have eight temporary, so... So he
3: can bring you through 36 and you'd still have that eight?
5: Yeah.
4: Whew. Yeah.
5: Thank you. That is much better. That was awful. I, I can't believe they... So much fire, so quickly...
4: It was very impressive what you did earlier.
5: Oh, thank you. With the, um, with
4: the, the staff down and, and uh, boom, yes, very impressive.
5: Yes, it was a new... Um, and I hadn't um, used that ability before. It, it was really? quite effective.
4: Well, yeah, you it's, should it's, use it all the time, I would say. <laughs> well,
5: I don't know about all the time. It's quite a powerful spell. I um, should
3: put you on the front line.
4: <laughs> oh, you can stand by me. <laughs>
5: Well, uh, you have the armor, I'm afraid. Uh, That's true. You can stand behind me. There we go. There we go. That was a... uh, By the way, clean, nice, clean chop with the sword. That was very, very nice. Very impressive. Thank you. I've had practice.
3: All right, so since we killed them, we don't think they called their chief, right?
2: I don't know when they would have had a
3: chance. Do we have time for a quick, quick rest?
2: I was kind of thinking we should move out of here, because at some point, somebody's going to come checking on the guards eventually, shift change or what have you, we should not be here when that happens.
3: Is there any safe space to be? Mm -hmm.
2: Now that we're on the inside, um, I'm going to go check out the uh, rear exit here.
3: Okay, the rear exit is
1: identical to the main entrance. There's a giant six-foot stone orb sitting in front of the the exit that's kind of in this little track that allows it to roll around the room without you know, going into the room itself. Rotan, you want to give me a hand
4: here? Oh, yes, certainly. You need a strength check? Yes, you can do
1: it with advantage since you're getting um,
2: help. Such as it is from mist. Eleven.
1: It does not budge.
2: Do we need to close the front
1: door? The front door is closed. It's just, it's, the try as you may, the two of you to push it. It doesn't seem like you're strong enough right now to push it.
2: All right, well, I really don't want
4: to, like, get caught in here. <sighs> Roton pulls out his hand lens and looks at the rock. What kind of rock is it? <laughs> uh, it, is,
1: um, it is marble, sort of a combination of limestone and dolomite compressed over, you know, time, lava, so yes. But this room itself seems very, it does not seem natural. It seems like it has been shaped in
4: some way. If it's marble, Widley with her acid would make such short work (laughs) of this door. (laughs) Because she bought so much freaking acid.
2: (laughs) Mm. Can we try pushing, like, get all of us together and shove this? Maybe.
3: Good try. Debbie looks at her noodle arms.
4: Sure. Sure, go ahead, roll roll again. So, how's this working? Are they all aiding me? They're all aiding you. So, do I. Just roll again with advantage. So, 17 now. Okay, that is enough.
1: the the combined force of you all and Desmond ripping off his robes and going full boomy.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Just jacked. Everyone stand back.
1: You roll the giant orb aside. And as you do so and get it away from the door, you hear a click. And you look down beneath the orb at the space revealed. And there's a pressure plate on the ground. Behind the orb is a corridor branching off into the distance. The corridor itself does not seem as perfectly hewn as the room you're in. It is very much a natural rock cave extending back into the distance. Around the bend you see a faint orangish red light. It does not flicker, it does not move, it doesn't seem to be torchlight, but something is glowing up ahead.
3: That does not look like magical light. But it's not regular firelight either. What else could it be?
4: Liquid hot magma. A torch, perhaps.
3: But the, the torch is regular light.
4: A flickering torch.
3: Also regular.
2: <laughs> well, only one way to find out.
3: Onward, Rotan, first.
5: Oh. Wait, are we, are we, are we, um, full attack mode at this point, or, or should we go back to our, our original plan?
2: Wasn't the original plan storm our way in? Get the library, I guess. Get a book. That's true.
3: Do we need to meet Buck and Windley somewhere?
2: We probably need someone to tell us where the stuff is. We could just advance through and clear every single room in this place. I'm totally down for that, but it might be more efficient if we take if we should find ourselves in the position to take one of these newts alive, then we can ask it some questions. That's true. That's a good idea.
3: Mm-hmm. So we then don't just send Desmond in first to explode whatever room we enter. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's not a worst idea. At least soften up half of them.
4: Armies, watch out. We have a Desmond.
5: That would be, yes, if, if there were more of them, uh, yeah, that would be very, very uh, powerful. But I like the idea.
3: Well, why don't I send Raz ahead to just, like, scout and see what's what's up there?
2: I'm fine with that. That's a good idea.
3: Roz, you down for some fire excursions? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'll I'll do the thing where I can see through Roz's senses and then fly down the, the hallway.
1: Okay, Roz flies down the hallway. And at the end of the hallway, it seems to open up into a larger chamber. The ceiling itself is maybe 30, 40 feet above. The cavern has a smoothly polished middle which looks like it has been worn by centuries of something. But the walls and around the edges, there's stalactites and stalagmites, and there's nooks and crannies and folds in the rock. To your left, you see grazing on something in an alcove of this chamber are four six-foot-tall, well, they're not quite birds, but they're not quite reptiles. They walk on two legs, they have narrow reptilian eyes, and longish snouts with many teeth. They kind of look like dinosaurs.
2: I would like one of these as a pet, please.
1: And you see to the right of them, there is another passage that branches off.
3: Big round room, dinosaur birds, and then a single passage leading somewhere else. Correct. we will go explore that other passage real quick.
1: How far can Roz go away from you before you lose sight? Uh,
3: I can do this as long as she's on the same plane of existence with me.
1: All right. And now tell me, does Roz, is Roz resistant to fire
3: uh, and heat? I'm going to say probably not. Um, according to her character sheet, no. But maybe knowing her identity, she could be? I don't know.
1: I'll be honest. I didn't take into consideration the fact that you have a magical seeing eye creature that can scout the entire place. <laughs> Kind of broken, but here we are.
3: It's the, it's the warlock familiar thing. Like, I think two of their familiars are can go invisible and fly.
1: Roz scouts the passage, and it's another sort of curving passage off of this. And in the end of it, as she gets closer to the end of the passage, she sees that there is another large chamber, which opens up before her. Um, as she approaches this one, she can begin to feel heat coming off of the passage. And in that room, it seems to be a large, open cave. And there seems to be pools of magma on either side of a narrow bridge running the length of the room. Roz feels the heat, but it does not cause her any
3: damage. But it's uncomfortable. Not to her. I think at this point she'll go back into report. Um, And when she gets there, uh, she will kind of turn visible... Clearly, Devi has forgotten that she is in Roz's body at the moment, so she will just speak to the group through Roz using her own voice. Okay, so the next room here is a big round room um, with four little lizard bird things that look kind of mean, um, and then there's another corridor branching off down to some lava area. I think we could take the dinosaur birds, th- throw a fireball at them before they even notice we're there.
2: Oh, I thought you meant take them as in like they become our our friends.
3: They didn't look very friendly, but you can try.
2: Animal friendship. That is not a spell I have. I do have...
4: (laughs)
3: Does Mist want a pet dinosaur, or does Mike want a pet dinosaur?
2: Mike wants a pet dinosaur. Mike does not want Mist to have to fight a dinosaur.
4: Perhaps if you uh, entice it with something delicious, like food. Would you like 45 pounds of dinosaur chow?
2: Actually, that's a really good... That could be a very effective way to skirt around that whole... Concern. If they're too busy eating food, they won't be eating us.
3: Like, if we just go chuck a bunch of roast chickens at them and hope they're distracted and sneak by?
2: I mean, I'd be. Assorted <laughs> meats. Maybe they're picky. I don't know.
3: Assorted meats. Got it. Yes. Alright, and then Roz, who is still still the one speaking here, uh, will conjure 45 pounds of various uh, roasted animals <laughs> along with 40. Or, uh, what is it six gallons of water that just splashes on the ground because that happens with the spell
1: and as the water hits the ground it starts to sizzle
3: 30 gallons of water (laughs) okay we're all set we have food who wants to go offer it to them because i'm not doing that
1: predator to predator mist will what (laughs) i just got a quick question i mean this is just i don't know why didn't you create it over there so we don't have to carry
3: it? Because then we can bring it to them as an offering. I guess we could have just conjured it in front of them. <laughs> I have a range of 30 feet on this spell. I mean, too late now. I have two more spell slots. We can do this.
5: Well, if they, I mean, if they associate the food with us, if we bring it, then... There you go. Perhaps they will think that we are trustworthy. Yeah, we're fine. Exactly.
2: Mist has yeah. already got an armful of, I don't know, Various cuts of meat, chickens, whatever, and is off to feed the dinosaurs. God, that's why I play
0: this game.
3: Things you never thought you'd. Mike just looks rapturous (laughs) at this idea.
5: (laughs) I guess that's why it's called fantasy.
1: Okay, so the the group of you carry this food, covering yourselves in grease as you do so down the corridor, into this chamber as I described it before. Fairly open with, you know, worn path in the middle, stalactites, stalagmites on either side, and then this alcove sort of to the left of where you entered. Where you could see, you know, and you see them kind of through the rocks, these reptilian bird-type creatures. Dinosaurs, we'll just say dinosaurs because really that's what they are. Um, And they are like sniffing around the ground for something you continue moving
2: forward mist hucks a chicken into the room din dins
1: <laughs> all right mist give me a two hit roll
2: <laughs> Dex, right whatever what what, what do you want what's down just am I roll a 20 me? sided uh
1: nine okay you throw the the chicken and trying to get it to them all the way and deep in it just doesn't quite go far enough and it lands in front of where they are. And they see it, and they begin racing out towards it and snapping at it and snapping at one another trying to get it. And now they are closer to you. I got more meats. <laughs> not quite to the path. Not quite blocking the path through the cavern, but they're pretty close to it.
2: I throw more meats to the dinosaurs.
1: All right, give me another. Um, I assume, are you throwing it like right to them? Or are you throwing? I, I'm throwing it like, yeah, to, to
2: them them I am trying attempting to feed the dinosaurs okay so you're <laughs> not
1: trying to distract them you're straight nope. up just feeding
2: them. I I I'm warming up for an animal handling check here and I want every advantage I can get
1: okay all right so you just keep throwing whole chickens and other meats other poultry small suckling pig at their feet and they are tearing at this stuff ravenously it is a feeding frenzy. But they're not snapping at one another anymore. Yeah, see? Food brings peace. And hey, look at this way. Even if we
2: don't necessarily get them on our side, at least they will be full and go to sleep with full bellies and leave us alone.
3: In case it matters, the spell does say that the food is bland but nourishing. So if they want tasty chickens, apparently it's not quite there.
4: No, no charcuterie, this.
2: No. So how are you guys doing?
4: Mist, I, I wonder how advisable this course of action is. Okay, Mist. What are you trying to do? Tell me exactly.
2: I mean, honestly, I would love my own little army of dinosaurs to use to clear out this dungeon. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, of course, this is, right? <laughs>
3: Who wouldn't?
5: Don't we all? Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm content with not killing. The, I'm content with simply walking by with not without killing the dinosaurs.
3: You, you become Chris Pratt in Jurassic World now.
2: Yeah, basically, they recognize us as friends, and we can go about our business.
1: Okay. You are going to use an animal handling check to try to accomplish this.
2: Works for me. Does the the offering of food give me any sort of advantage here?
1: I think you can use it with advantage to try to skirt by them. All right. I think trying to tame and get them to follow you is a bit out of bounds. All right. (laughs) Fine.
5: Unless you roll a natural 20. (laughs)
2: That's fine. There's a 15. I will take a 15.
1: Okay, that is enough. That's exactly where I said the DC for this. So, uh, you make it. They are content with your offering, or um, their bellies are full, or they are too distracted by all of the meat in front of them to pay much mind to you.
2: Good babies. Good babies.
1: Okay, so the group of you follow the passage out of this cavern. And as I said before, it bends around. Uh, sort of like an elbow coming off of this this dinosaur chamber. And at the end of it, it opens up into a much larger cavern. Perhaps 150 feet wide, 100 feet overhead. And you can feel the heat coming off the cavern as you approach it. Those of you with fire-resistant rings do not feel it. But those of you who do not have fire resistance, it's beginning to get uncomfortable the closer you get.
3: Debbie chugs a potion.
5: Yeah, I'll chug one too.
1: If
3: you have your Goron armor, I suggest you wear
1: it now.
5: Yep. The red tunic.
3: Okay, this might be the time for you all to consider the possibility of accepting a little bit of necromantic magic in order to um, enhance your life essence before we go into this hot, dangerous volcano. Have you accepted Kasir as your lord and savior? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Have you heard the good word? <laughs> I think I still have a bit left over from uh, your uh, healing earlier.
3: Well, I could give you even more. Oh. And 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 possibly another on top of that. Like this. This is this is good stuff. Like if you if you would just allow you know some some necromancy into your life.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel fine. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll take a little uh, necromancy. Okay,
3: huh? that's awesome! Yay! Rotund? I mean,
5: after, after that last uh, fire, then I uh, can never be too careful.
4: If I answered the front door and the person at the front door said, we'd like to talk to you about necromancy. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. First it's free. Come on. Oh, uh, well, yes, of course, Debbie. Whatever you think is right.
3: It will require, a, like, a, a, a quick rest. Like, I, I need some time to do the ritual. Is that okay? I think so. Okay.
4: We've okay. got 40 pounds worth of time, I think. <laughs>
3: Do we want to take a short rest out of character? Like, this. It would require a short rest.
2: I mean, I'm, I'm always fine with that because that would give me two spell slots back. I figured. I'm down. And my ghostly gaze. So, yeah, that. that a short rest is advantageous here.
3: All right, everybody settle in. I'm going to do. I'm going to do some things, okay? Just. Whew. She looks weirdly excited by this idea. So, what is going to happen is Debbie is going to cast the aid spell at fourth level. Um, as well as use the uh, Inspiring Leader feat, which I've reflavored into a necromantic ritual. And that will give everybody who accepts uh, the necromantic magic additional 15 maximum hit points and 15 temporary hit points.
2: What's the duration on that?
3: Eight lasts for eight hours, and the Inspiring Leader just says 16 16 temporary hit points, um, and those just last until they're gone.
2: So I think there's a rule that says if you have two different effects that apply temporary hit points, you basically... Only one
3: is temporary hit points. One is raising your maximum HP.
2: Oh, okay.
3: Wow. So the 16 would replace the previous 8 that I gave you, but the the 8 is just raises your max by 15.
2: Okay, max HP modifier we set to 15, and then we get how many temporary hit points? I'm sorry, I, I, there's a lot going on here to track.
3: Well, did, did Mist accept the necromancy into his heart?
2: Shh sure well i don't know about heart, but if we're buffing then we're buffing so
3: i mean it, it clear to be clear like this is a necromantic ritual like she's throwing around shadow magic and being very evil looking and okay.
2: well i mean I, I surround myself in shadowy flames on the reg so
3: so she spends a good 10 or 15 minutes doing doing all that like offer it's very much a you have to accept this i'm not going to you know force it on you but if you accept it you feel invigorated and, and Healthier than ever.
4: I think Roton would have much more of a problem with this if it were not Devi doing. It. If if Roton, if if Roton is
2: okay with it, then I think Mist is going to also follow suit.
4: Okay.
5: Yeah, Desmond too. So
3: then everyone here, the three of you plus Devi plus Raz, I'll get fifteen HP. Uh, your your maximum HP is raised by fifteen, and then sixteen temporary oh, hit points. Does
5: that stack with the eight I had before? It does not. That would replace your eight. Oh. Okay, so I have 16 total. Whoa. Awesome. Damn, wow, that's cool. Wheat.
3: All you gotta do is accept the necromancy.
2: Yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, and then we're gonna... short. We're short resting then?
3: Yeah, and then a short rest, because I can only do that ritual once per short rest.
2: Okay, short rest. Short rest.
1: So the group of you take your short rest. Some of you watch in sort of morbid fascination as Devi goes through her necromantic rituals. Once again, Tingles is seated on the ground a short distance away with a tub of popcorn. He seems to be enjoying this most of all. But at the end of it you feel rejuvenated, empowered, energized.
3: And, and Devi is just beaming as the, the swirling black magic uh, recedes at the end of it. Ah, it always feels good after a after uh, fill up.
1: As the ritual ends, you get to your feet, and you make your way across the narrow bridge. It's not so narrow that you have to go... Well, you have to go single file, but it's four feet wide. It's stable. You don't feel it. at any point, you don't feel in danger of falling off it. But the heat is oppressive. If not for the magic keeping it at bay... You don't think you would survive it. Thinking technically all your clothes would probably be bursting into flames right now, but...
3: Magic.
4: I'm fine. I'm wearing a suit of armor. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just magic our way across that. Like a potato wrapped in tinfoil.
0: And Winley, all right? How many newts await in the depths of the lair? Why couldn't we ride the damn dinosaurs? I ask for so little in this podcast. Find out next time on Multiclass Theater. And now, an Akvani Scully League update brought to you by just so many goddamn commercials. Enjoying a 60-minute sporting event? Here's three hours of goddamn commercials. Fuck your plans to do shit today. This season saw promising starts, surprise turnarounds, and complete and utter collapses. But in the end, there could only be one winner. The Shadow Realm Lads! Congratulations on your victory over the rest of us bozos! In second place were the Neverwinter Knights, making a statement in their inaugural season. In third place, the Sunport Tabashi. Again, because fuck me. The Nebraska Half-Orcs took fourth, followed by the Quartersend Silver Sisters in fifth. At least they didn't go first to worst. The King's Servant Ghosts, Shadow Realm Dans, Redfield Jerks, Castle Starge Dreadguard all followed with the Airy Bird Brains in Deadass Last. If you think you can do a better job managing the Scully League team, reach out to your local recruiter at multiclasstheater@gmail.com at gmail.com or join our Discord. We'll see you next fall.